Oh, and welcome to the program, Heather Vasquez. She is the director of Next Step Pregnancy Services in Linwood, Washington, north of Seattle, and is joining me today to talk about some really critical issues that face any Catholic Christian follower of Jesus Christ, any follower of Jesus Christ who believes that the gospel is also in a very, very special and profound way, the gospel of life. And we are called upon to be heralds of that gospel in our time and in our place. Heather, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Heather, how was that for a, like an introduction? Huh? Did you, did you have, did you have any idea that that's what you were doing in this uh, in this interview? No, no. <laughs> Heather, Heather, the right answer is to say yes, and I can't wait to, to dive oh. into it. So, oh my goodness, I'm teasing you, Heather. It's funny, a little. This is now going behind the curtain to interviews. Sure. One of the things that I've done um, a good job at is putting my foot in my mouth when it comes to names. And I would presume I had someone's name right, or I'm sure I heard it that certain way. And now I have, um, without exception, when it comes to an interview, before the interview even starts, I will say, how do you pronounce your name? Even if the name is J-O-H-N-S-M-I-T-H. Right. John Smith. Is you think that's the name? And then sure enough, it's John Smythe. Right. And I think, OK, why didn't I ask? Just be humble enough to ask. So, Heather, I asked you because, you know, your name is Heather Vasquez. And I was convinced it was Heather Vasquez just because that's the typical pronunciation I would have associated with that name. And and you, and when I asked you and you said it, I'm like, oh, that is so funny. I said, I, I'm so happy. I, I'm so happy. I was humble today. I'm not always humble, Heather. I'm, I'm happy I was humble today. Uh, and when I asked you and you said Vasquez, I'm like, the heavens parted, the voice of an angel sang and <laughs> revealed your name as Heather Vasquez. So I have to, I have to know, how, where did it come from? How did, how did you come to pronounce the name, your last name like that? Uh, well, it was just, you know, my husband's uh, mom, when, when she met his dad, uh, and they introduced each other. His mom uh, misheard or something, misunderstood it, kept saying Vasquez, and uh, his dad just never corrected her. So I don't know why. He just never corrected her. They got married, and the rest is history, and it's just been Vasquez, all of us. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, you just said something that, like, see, there's an angel delivering messages already, right? So there you yeah. go. You just said something. You just said, he never corrected her. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When it came to his name, it wasn't like, how do you like your coffee? Do you like one, like, do you like cream and sugar or do you like, no, how do you pronounce your name? And he chose to uh, receive his wife's pronunciation of his name yeah. and embrace that without correcting her. There, There's something profound there. I don't, I think I'm feeling a little convicted. I'm feeling a little convicted about correcting my wife sometimes. Um, and so if, if your grandfather didn't correct your grandmother regarding how she pronounced his last name and ended up marrying her and having that come through the generations. Yeah. That's really powerful. I, that's, you know, I, wow. Okay. I'm okay. I got to take that to prayer. I got to see what God is saying to me through that. So, so Heather, you, you've already provided me an amazing service this morning, but Heather, we're here to talk about another organization with another name. And that name is, uh, that name is what? Next Step Pregnancy Services. Next Step 
Pregnancy Services. I have been connected to Next Step for, I think, about 15 years. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no. um, yeah, been yeah. Around so, yes, you guys have been around a long time. And um, I loved coming to events uh, that supported and promoted Next Step. Yeah. Um, in fact, my daughter gave a testimony about standing up for life when she was 12 years old. Wow. At one of your at one of your galas, wow. so I have a very warm place in my heart for Next Step Pregnancy Services. And I asked you the name for a reason. Names are important, and when you think about pregnancy services, why is Next Step like it, it, something that is essential and critical for the people that you serve? So that's what I want to understand. Uh, Next Step is critical, Next Step Pregnancy Services. Sometimes we're called Next Step Pregnancy Aid. Pregnancy Aid is a wonderful, wonderful place, but yeah, we're services. Uh, So I'm glad glad we got that right. It's critical because being pregnant is a huge deal, whether you're married or single or young or older, or or, it's just a huge deal. And you need help. Everyone needs help. And that's what Next Step is there for, to help you in any way we can with pregnancy, with children, uh, in lots of ways. Yeah. So folks, you may have remembered through the years I've had a chance to have on directors from Next Step Pregnancy Services to talk a bit about their work. And so it's really neat, Heather. I, I don't know if we've ever met before, uh, Heather. Is this Not the first in person, person, I don't think. Okay. No. I don't think we've met in person, but it's neat to have you on when I heard about the fact that your gala is coming up in uh, on the 24th of September, yeah. uh, on that Saturday. So it's coming up soon. I thought, right. oh, yeah, I, I want to check in and hear because there's always something happening. There's always a story to tell and stories mm-hmm. to tell that are um, like not, they're not little, they're, they're big deals because there are lives at stake. And, and when we talk about the kinds of services that Next Step offers, we're talking about uh, pregnancy tests, ultrasounds. Uh, counseling for those who are considering abortion, um, aid for providing maternity help and and other types of uh, you know material goods that would be supportive of someone when they're pregnant, uh, recovery after uh, having an abortion, trying to find a place of healing, also for men, giving them a place to go. There's so many things uh, in that uh, where you step in and yeah. offer a next step, Heather. Yes. It is just, it's really very powerful. Oh, adoption services, another yeah. one, right? So yeah. there's there's so many. So Heather, I know that there are, are always stories to tell um, in, in one of those avenues. And so I just love to say, as you think about just, you know, the, this month uh, or in the last couple of weeks, right? Uh, can you think of a story that exemplifies for you what Next Step is all about, how it is, we go from those descriptions of the services you offer to the concrete work of encountering someone who contacts you, comes through the door, is in relationship with you and how you walk with them in taking their next step. Um, yes, I can tell. Actually, there's a, a particular uh, story going on right now, so to speak, that really highlights um, our nurses, uh, especially our nurse manager and the relationship that builds between uh, the, the woman and uh, our nurse. Um, and it's someone that uh, is young, um, has a, a few mental issues and has a lot of stuff going on in her life, doesn't have a lot of support, um, is just a very distressed 
uh, I'd say kid because she's she's a lot younger than me, but not a kid. She's in her 20s, but uh, younger than me anyway. And just the fact that almost every day she's been in contact with our nurse manager um, and our nurse manager takes the time out of her day, whether it's over the phone, uh, when the gals come in, uh, over email, uh, reassuring her, talking to her, being honest and frank with her, uh, treating her, you know, like with respect. It's been a, a good journey. Um, it was the gal had contacted us quite a while ago and was real reluctant to to come in and to engage in conversation and it. Uh, but she kept contacting us. So it's, it was clear she really did want to talk and want to uh, needed help. And so uh, our nurse was persistent and was very engaging and uh, committed to answering every question and always making sure the gal knew she was there and available. And she finally came in. We, we met her. Um, and then again, it's still kind of going on. So she knows that when she's got a question or a worry or is feeling, you know, confused about the state of, of her life, uh, whether it's she's had a few um, pregnancies, so to speak, and a few scares and things like that. And again, young, confused, not a lot of support. She now, I feel, knows Kim is there for her. And is uh, it's been great to kind of watch their relationship grow um, from somebody who was very reluctant to come in or to share to someone who feels like Kim's there for her and she's got support. Um, and then you go almost from a even less extreme uh, point of just a gal coming in. Um, and right before she came in, a guy dropped off this awesome toy basketball hoop, one of those kind of plastic ones. And it right then we hardly ever get those. But I mean, it was a nice condition. And she came in and she just couldn't believe it because her her young son had expressed interest in basketball. And it was just so. So she left that day with this awesome basketball hoop, um, excited to give to her son. And it was just you, know, you might say it's coincidental, but I don't think so. I feel like God knew this this gal's son likes basketball. This guy has a basketball hoop. There you go. So Next Step does uh, work that is serious and in-depth, in and it also does work that is just fun, just fun. We were, I was, it was lovely to see her smile of excitement to bring that home to her son. So That's, that's so beautiful, Heather. That's Heather Vasquez from Next Step Pregnancy Services talking with me today. That's Heather Vasquez from Next Step Pregnancy Services talking with me today on the program. Uh, Heather, uh, I want folks to know um, that I just gave a lot of information about uh, about your important nonprofit organization that's been serving in the North Seattle area. And the, the net of coverage just goes beyond that for, for decades. Yeah. And um, here's the website. If you're watching this interview online, you can see it's Next Step. NW next step northwest next step nw.com so it's next step nw.com if you're listening to this interview and you'll see next step pregnancy services and it has a variety of free services that you can see free of charge the pregnancy testing the ultrasound pregnancy counseling material assistance with the baby boutique and there it is. There's no basketball net in there because no, you know what? No. it didn't even make it in there. It, it didn't was, even make it in out. there. Yeah, I love that. Anything. Uh, post-abortion support, reproductive loss, et cetera, et cetera. Adoption information and referrals. So among all these services, it's again, this is whole net of coverage, this whole net of love and care that you all provide. I have to say that there has been a tremendous amount of mischaracterization and intense opposition to 
uh, groups like Next Step Pregnancy Services, as a result of what happened over the last six months with the, the secret release of this uh, potential draft uh, decision of the Supreme Court on the Dobbs case uh, from, from Mississippi that was going to be decided and potentially was going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And we now know that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And there was a window of time in there where there was a kind of reveal of the kind of an, not not just uh, not just uh, a difference of opinion, but an intensity of opposition yes. to the work that you do to welcome people like that troubled young woman who comes close to you and finds an open heart, an open space, a safe place to be received, to be accompanied in taking their next step. Um, do you remember those days? And if so, how did that impact Next Step? Uh, I, I do remember them uh, very much. They don't seem that long ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, it it didn't even, I don't even want, I don't want to say it didn't affect Next Step, but it didn't stop us at all from any of the work that we did. It was kind of business as usual, even on the day we had our the vandalism and broken windows and, and spray paint and everything. People just as people were coming to fix windows and, and, and clean spray paint, our clients were still coming in. Um, okay, Heather, you just said something in passing, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't normally start, yeah, I was out there cutting my grass and fixing the window because oh. the, someone had vandalized my house and, and spray painted it. So can we just pause for a minute? I want you to yeah, kind of sure. go back because I don't think folks, mm -hmm. they maybe see things on the news that they don't think it's real. They don't think it's near. They don't think it's affecting them or people in their community. What actually happened at Next Step Pregnancy Services when this draft release came out and then in those days, the days that followed? Well, actually, the, the vandalism took place uh, in between the, the draft uh, leak and the actual overturning of Roe. Um, I, I, we think it was just a, a lone person who was, I don't know, bored or confused um, and showed up one night and you know spray painted all over the door and the front walkway and the back walkway and uh, broke all the windows in the front. Um, and yeah, so we got to, got to the clinic the next morning to all of that. And again, in, in two seconds, people had come to help us clean up and, and fix went board up windows, get things ready. Um, and what struck me the most, again, and we don't know whoever did this, uh, unfortunately the Linwood police weren't able to get, you know, they didn't have much. We had it all on video, but, uh, you know, we, we, who knows who that person was and we've been blessed to not have that happen again. Uh, but it, you know, again, it, what struck me the most was that it didn't stop us from doing our work and it didn't stop clients from coming in because whether there's a broken window or not, you, you need diapers and your, your paycheck isn't coming till Friday, you know, and it didn't stop anything from happening. And so I'm not sure what the, the goal was of that person, but it just convicted us even more really. And showed us that we're, we're in the right place. Um, everybody came in, of course, saying, wow, I'm, I can't believe this happened. Why would anybody have a problem with you guys? You, you guys are awesome. So, you know, the, the whole day was filled with trying to explain, hey, I don't know why it happened, because it was pretty shocking. I mean, why would you do that to a place that uh, their whole focus is to help women and children? Uh, we really had nothing to do with Roe or, or anything. Um, it's, it's not what we do. We're 100% 
pro woman and, and pro baby and pro family. And yeah, uh, I love the way yeah. Heather, you guys say it. You're 100% pro you. I, I love that. You're just addressing the people that come to your website. 100% pro you is is really beautiful. Now, next step. Um, now, you guys have how many um, billions of dollars of cash in the bank? That <laughs> Yeah, that is not what it is. So today I'm talking with Heather Vasquez. Heather is the director of Next Step Pregnancy Services. You can see the website here, nextstepnw, nextstepnorthwest.com, nextstepnw.com if you're watching the interview. Heather, Next Step Pregnancy Services is a nonprofit organization and you're a licensed medical facility, a licensed medical facility and a nonprofit organization. That means that uh, you rely not on your services, to generate the revenue you need to operate. You rely on those who believe in your mission, who are willing to walk with you by volunteering and by financial giving from those who have the financial strength and the call to say, I wanna stand with the gospel of life. I wanna stand with Next Step Pregnancy Services. I've been blessed myself and my family to financially support Next Step Pregnancy Services when we were living on that side and showing up and and being part of past uh, fundraising efforts that you all have done. But you have a gala coming up. Actually, this is another one of those languages. Do you guys call it a gala or a gala? Um, I think it's gala. There we go. I don't know. I've heard of both. I'm from Boston and people say things differently there. So a gala. So there's a gala coming up on September the 24th. Tell us about the gala. Oh, it's it's going to be wonderful. Um, since we are a completely donor-run medical clinic, we rely so much on on giving um, of of you know the community, and we're and we're we get it. The community has been a huge support, and so our biggest fundraiser every year um, is our gala. And this is the first year in the last couple of years we get to have a live one. Uh, so that that's going to be really exciting. It's Saturday, September 24th at 6 p.m. Um, and it's real close. It's at Holy Rosary Church in Edmonds. Uh, so it's real close to us. Uh, they, they've generously, you know, said that they will host that for us. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. They've yeah, got a great facility, great. too. Oh, it's lovely. Really what a lovely facility. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. You got dinner, you got music, a wonderful dynamic speaker. Um, you might know in the news recently, they've also been talking about abortion pill reversal and how it's fake and it's not safe and not true. And while our speaker um, is a, an actual live version with a live kid version of, of how that actually isn't fake and how, how it works. So it's a wonderful process for a woman who, you know, got into a position and, and, and feels she made a mistake. And if we can help her in any way, uh, we're going to, and that is a process that can help. And she's there to talk about how it helped her and how she has her son. So it's a great speaker. We've got, again, great music, great catered dinner, a silent auction that's starting um, really soon, September 19th, a virtual silent auction with a lot of fantastic items and experiences. Um, yeah, so I really encourage anyone, uh, especially this week, because those caterers are knocking on the door to get a head count. If you're interested in purchasing tickets or coming to the event, uh, to, yeah, to contact us and get that moving. It's going to be a great live event. That's awesome, Heather. So folks that are listening, like if you're watching, again, I showed the website and I'll show it again. Uh, nextstepnw.com gets you to the website and it gives you the ability as well to contact the organization so that you can uh, you can be in touch. Now, if, um, if folks want to, um, and so is this the number to call? Because um, folks that are listening, um, they're going to wonder, how do I get more information about the gala coming up on September 24th, starting at, did you say 6.30? 6 p.m. 6, 6 p.m. Starting at 6 p.m. at Holy Rosary in Edmonds. 
a yeah. lovely, a lovely facility. There's going to be, uh, again, uh, there'll be a silent auction coming up uh, in the days before. Does the silent auction close before the live event or does it uh, culminate at the live event? It actually goes right past the event. So it's uh, oh, a nice. week prior. So Monday to the Monday. So it's open that because there are a lot of oh, people that's who cool. are unable to come to the event. And if they're unable to, that's another way to support us uh, with, with you know, supporting on the silent auction. Again, great, great stuff we've got. So you, I'd really suggest you check it out. I can give you a, the, the link that actually goes to the information. Yeah, please, please, would you uh, say that? Yeah, we do have a, another website that's specifically for people to learn about Next Step behind the scenes so kind of what what goes on behind the scenes how to volunteer how to donate all the great you know stories it's nssupport.org so if that's what you go to nssupport.org and that's where you'll find all of our events blogs newsletters it's oh nice great place to go and it it also tells you where to go to register for the event or purchase tickets things like that oh that's tremendous yeah, Heather, that's awesome. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna put that on the screen as well. If you're watching this uh, interview uh, on Facebook or YouTube, you'll see Next Step Support Site NS Support. So it's NSS. So NS and then the word support dot org, yeah. which gives you lots of information, including how to uh, get involved and um, sign up for the upcoming. Uh, gala on September the 24th starts at six o'clock and here, yeah, you can register right there. You can uh, get uh, the event, the uh, events uh, tab, where is it? That really gives a lot of details about our speaker and kind of what's what's dinner, the wonderful dinner from 12 baskets we've got going on. Uh, Yeah. It gives you the link to actually go right in and register and purchase. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then here's your speaker, Rebecca. Is it Hagen? You see, I'm asking now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to ask about the name. Yes. Rebecca Hagen uh, talking about this important issue of life. Heather, any final words you'd like to say today about uh, next step uh, pregnancy services or about your upcoming gala? I'd love to be able to uh, give you that last moment to be able to speak to this. Again, we are completely donor run. So we, we count on the community to help us out. So I'd really encourage you to attend um, our event. It's going to be wonderful. Um, and the last thing I want to say really is, um, as you had mentioned, Tom, there's a lot of misinformation out there about pregnancy resource clinics and centers. And the best thing you guys can do to help us is to spread the truth. Um, our nurses don't make decisions for any of our clients. We're, we're there 100% for that person in whatever capacity they need. We meet them where they're at, uh, whether they're thinking about abortion, whether they're thinking about parenting, whether they're uh, a Christian, whether they're not, it doesn't even matter. We meet them where they're at um, and support them. And so we're, yeah, we just, we need you to spread the word. We're a licensed medical clinic. We're not, they're, they're not fake. We actually have licensed medical personnel. And so there's a lot of uh, information out there that's, that's really, really wrong, but it's inaccurate. So if you could spread that out there, real medical clinics, real people, <laughs> real help. That's awesome. That's Heather Vasquez. She's the director of Next Step Pregnancy Services joining me today on the program. Heather, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Tom, for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Heather Vasquez. Coming up tomorrow and continuing on Thursday and Friday, 
on Sound Insight or during this time, but also during the entire day. Uh, and half of Saturday is the Sacred Heart Radio share It's an opportunity for you not only to be enjoying the programming that is there, but also to hear a call, hear a call to make a call, to make a pledge of financial support to support Sacred Heart Radio and all of its wonderful programming. I do encourage you to tune in. You'll hear inspiring and encouraging testimonies. You'll have a chance to, I will be on um, with Ron Belter. I'll be on live doing my regular program um, each of these days. And um, I will put a, a particular emphasis on um, some some special messaging that will be related to uh, the Sherathon, um, but I will also be telling stories and and sharing other insights that will help you hopefully to grow in faith. So that'll be picking up. Uh, that'll be beginning tomorrow and continuing on Thursday and Friday and Saturday for half a day. The Fall Sacred Heart Radio Sherathon. It's your chance to be a blessing back to us if you're blessed by these programs. It's your chance to share in the mission that we are striving to accomplish here by giving. Um, You don't have to be a voice on the radio. If you can share from your strength, you will be sharing in the mission that Sacred Heart Radio is accomplishing these days. And we're not asking everyone. We're, We're asking those who have the capacity to give. And so we know that there are some who are financially blessed, and able to share from their wealth. And if that's you, if that's uh, you in terms of your own stewardship, please give. If you are in a financial challenge, uh, if it's a struggle right now to make ends meet, please do not take this as an invitation for you to give. We know that the Lord, who is our Father, will take care of our needs. We trust in God our Father to take care of us. He is a provident God, and He will provide all that we need as we trust in him. I hope that that's a, an encouraging message to you as well. So today in the program, I, I in this second half of the program, I have a couple of stories to share and a couple of conversations to relate to you. Uh, the first is about a visit from a priest. We had a, a priest from St. Joan of Arc come and have dinner with us, which was um, pretty inspiring. It was inspiring because this was this particular priest had a, um, a life-threatening attack against him and against the other priest in his re- rectory. In fact, the other priest in the rectory died from the attack. So it's not every day that you have a chance to talk with someone who, in his words, looked death in the eye. And um, the Lord spared him um, in order to continue the mission that he had on earth. When we have priests over, one of the things that I love to have happen is to have the priests interact with my kiddos, to take questions and to ask questions. And I want to relate a couple of the conversations. The first was um, being polite and hospitable. Uh, Carrie offered father a variety of options when it came to a beverage, a drink, and offered him, well, would you like uh, something alcoholic? And uh, Father said, no, he uh, is, uh, practices complete abstinence. And he connected it to a devotion to the Sacred Heart, which was um, really beautiful because it, it connects it to Jesus Christ. 
and connected it to the priesthood as well, and in a very particular way. He talked about the call of a priest to do penance on behalf of his penitents. Let me say that again. That it's the call of a priest not only to be available to hear confessions, not only to engage in the kind of spiritual counsel that happens in the confessional, not only to extend God's mercy and the forgiveness that Christ won for us, reconciling sinners to the Lord in confession, but in addition, this is something that's lesser known, but it's part of our faith, the priests are called upon to do penance for their penitence. To do penance. Now, that's pretty striking. Now you say, well, why would that be the case? Why would a priest be called upon to do penance for those who come and confess their sins to him? And, and the answer is, well, they're spiritual fathers. And spiritual fathers are called to lead and provide and protect their children. To lead, provide, and protect their children. And this call to lead and provide and protect, in part, is related to the hidden spiritual work of providing protection and provision and leadership in overcoming sin. I will help lead you out of sin. I will help you remove the blockage to you, exercising virtue and avoiding vice in this moment. I will, prov- I will spiritually share in the work that will lead to a conduit of grace to reach your life so that you can battle against temptation and come out victorious. And I'll provide a hedge of protection around you so that you will find the strength to avoid the near occasion of sin and to be able to be victorious over temptations when they arise. How does a priest do that? Doing penance, fasting, abstaining, doing other forms of penitential acts of self-denial. These are spiritually connecting spiritual fathers to their children. And it was very beautiful. It was very casually said. It wasn't something that was drawn attention to. It was something the Father just happened to mention in the flow of the conversation. But I I say it out loud because it's something that it's said in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. If you take a look at the Catechism of the Catholic Church and the second part of the Catechism, the second pillar, is on the sacraments. And one of the seven sacraments is the Sacrament of Penance and Reconciliation, Confession. And there it mentions the role of the priest and talks specifically about, talks, teaches specifically about the the call of the priest to do penance for his penitence. And it's just, for me, very encouraging, inspiring to have a priest speak that out loud in a way that is, frankly, what? It's sacrificial. It's a sacrificial thing for a priest to say, I'm going to give up drink on behalf of my people who may be struggling with drinking. This is a very beautiful thing. So that's the first story. The second is a bit more exposing. I have to admit, a little bit more embarrassing. And it has to do with a conversation my 
the priest had with my kids. So we love testimonies. Testimonies are so powerful to share how the Lord interacts and breaks into the lives of souls and leads them along the path that he has for them. Well, one of the themes that stands out in this priest's journey to the priesthood is the act of surrendering to the will and plan of God for his life. And to hear him tell the story, it's a story of wanting to avoid the priesthood, feeling like the last thing that I would want to do is be drawn to the seminary and pursue the priesthood. And yet, our Lord was gently and graciously relentless. His gracious invitation was relentless until Father finally yielded, submitted, surrendered, and in saying yes, came to discover the call to be a priest. He also had an interesting thing to say about some folks that he's met in the course of his own life as a priest, where there's a sense of sadness, a sense of unsettledness, being unsettled, in life because there was a maybe in the back of the mind a sense of saying i was called to be a priest i was called to be a religious sister and i refused i refused the call and even though the lord redeemed it and moved them forward in life there was still a at least a low level or in the background level a sense of being unsettled with the life they had in this sort of uh, barely conscious sense of I was called and I didn't respond. when And he referenced the scripture of, of the rich young man who went away sad. And that there's a sadness there. And the sadness isn't only on the part of the rich young man, but also on the part of Christ, because this rich young man failed to move into what he had willed and planned for him. Okay, so this then leads to the the, the exposure part, the part where I was like, oh, wow. And afterwards, Kerry kind of called it out. <laughs> so after Father shared his story, he said, have you ever done that? He turned and he looked at our eighth grader, uh, Annalise, 13. He said, have you ever said that to Jesus? Jesus, what is your plan for my life? Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? Jesus, what is your will for me? What would you have me do? And he said, you can do that. Go into adoration. Go into the Blessed Sacrament. Hey, Jesus is right there. And, and just say to him, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? What, what is your plan for my life? And he'll tell you. And again, there was this beautiful sense of ease. This beautiful sense of don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. This is something that is, is to be expected. If you sincerely, authentically seek the Lord and asking him, Lord, what would you have me do? He'll answer you. He's ready, willing, waiting to answer that question for your life. And of course, it makes great sense, right? The Lord who created you isn't going to be hiding his will from your life, for your life from you. 
and it's it's seemingly so easy, right? It's such a natural thing to say, well, of course. Well, the exposure was, Carrie just said to me kind of sim- super e- simply, um, how come uh, we haven't done that? How come we haven't said it that plainly and simply to our kids? And I, I got a little defensive. I, I did. I got a little defensive. I was saying, well, we kind of said it like this and we kind of done it like that. And through the years, we've witnessed to them and talked about it. And and at the end of the day, all my hemming and hawing and <laughs> just, I was like, yeah, you know, even if we had done it in some manner or form through the years, yeah, it's something we need to do regularly. And to say it, that's simply, as simply as Father said it. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And trust that he'll answer you. And, and that means for us as parents doing what? Not only doing the same, because it is something that I do like all the time. Um, so very regularly, I'm seeking, Lord, what do you want me to do with my today? What do you want me to do with this month? What do you want me to do with this year? What do you want me to do with this part of my life? What do you want me to do as a husband, as a father? as a leader, provider, protector of my family. What do, you, what do you want? But what good is it if I don't uh, interpret, if I don't interpret it for my kids in a form that they can easily understand and also make their own? So, yeah, that was a, it was a bit humbling. But I'll put it out there. My recommendation is, if you're going to invite Father over to dinner, make sure you say to your kids beforehand, <laughs> uh, go to Jesus and ask him, what do you want me to do with your life? Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? Please, I really want to know and and, and trust that he'll tell you. That's not a bad lesson. All right, up against a break. When we come back, another conversation on the program. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor, licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. I am so excited. So in the rest of this week, we do have the Sacred Heart Radio share happening on the program. I will be here offering programs and offering sound insight to you. Um, I'll be on actually with Ron from 7.30 until 9 in the morning, and then again, 1.30 until 3 in the afternoon. So I'll be on even more than is usual on a regular day. And then next week, uh, well, that's going to happen Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and half of Saturday this week. So I hope that you'll tune in, pray for the share And as you tune in, again, you'll receive the regular programming, but there'll be a number of in, uh, invitations for you to make a pledge of support to the, uh, to the station. It's listener-supported. So please be praying and thinking about that. Next week, I'm excited. Next week, I have on the program... Uh, Father Spitzer, Father Robert Spitzer, will be on. Uh, he's always a delight. It's funny because he is one of the few people that I interview 
where I'm a little bit inti- int- uh, intimidated. <laughs> I'm very aware of my words, and I'm aware that he is aware of every word that I speak. And if I'm off a little bit, uh, then he's aware of it, but graciously makes pretend he doesn't hear it. <laughs> he's very, very profound. If you're aware of Father Spitzer's work with the Magis Center, uh, I'll have a chance to talk with him about that, get some latest updates. He has written so many amazing books and um, has started so many amazing initiatives. Well, next week when I interview him, uh, I'm actually interviewing him uh, today, uh, and then you're going to hear it next week after the share I'm having him on because of the upcoming um, uh, gala that's happening uh, in Bellevue and then in Northern Idaho and Post Falls. So that'll be happening. Those are coming up in just uh, a week and a half. So you'll hear about uh, those uh, beautiful uh, gatherings, those beautiful galas, chance to gather together and um, be with wonderful folks in support of healing the culture, healing the culture. Uh, Camille Pauly uh, will be there with uh, Father Spitzer at both the Seattle area uh, gala on Friday night and then on Saturday night, the um, uh, the 22nd will be the one in Northern Idaho. So healingtheculture.org or .com will get you to uh, the place where you can sign up for uh, those galas. So there'll be more information about those during that interview. The next on the next day, that'll be next Tuesday. Next Wednesday, uh, Father Wade Menises is coming back. I interviewed him last month, and he's back. He has two other books. I'm going to be interviewing him about his book on overcoming evil. Ooh, it's about um, fighting the battle against sin and being victorious. So I'm excited to have him on. And his coming on is not only to uh, provide you with another wonderful guest and to, to give him a chance to talk about the book and why he wrote it and get some insights from him about waging and winning the battle against sin, but also he is one of the principal speakers at the Inland Northwest Men's Retreat coming up in October. So you'll hear about that as well. He's coming along with Dr. Ray Gorendi. So two voices that you hear on Sacred Heart Radio um, will be in northern Idaho for the Inland Northwest Men's Retreat. So tune in next Wednesday for that interview. And then next Thursday, I have another interview with a um, the sort of the media representative. Uh, uh, she was on talking about uh, Father... Um, Delindo Ruotolo's book on the rosary. Um, she's coming back on to talk about another new release from Sophia Institute Press. So that's next Thursday. So next week is going to be another week full of interviews, Monday through Friday. It's pretty exciting. It's something that I, I've committed to do, something to bring more voices on to Sound Insight and, and also um, to be able to let those voices bring more insight out of me. That's something that I enjoy very much doing is having these live conversations, these back and forth conversations to be able to uh, d- draw stuff out of me that, you know, I wouldn't be thinking about that. It's like, oh, my mind doesn't normally go there. But Father, you raised a really interesting point. Why don't we talk about that? A couple of other quick things on my mind. First is, anybody notice the air? <laughs> if you're in most of the state of Washington, 
the air isn't just a little bit foggy. It isn't just significantly clouded and smoky. It is downright unhealthy. Unhealthy indeed. The, I, I never really knew about the air quality index, the AQI. Whoa. And yeah, I found out all about it on, on Saturday when in the middle of my kid's soccer game, this guy came riding out in a golf cart saying game is, is postponed because the air quality index reached a number that was considered unsuitable for continued play. The, the decision they had made was if it goes uh, a, a 151 or higher, that's considered unhealthy um, for like outdoor activities for most people. So sure enough, they do a reading once an hour. And when they did the reading at that hour, it was 151. It was like literally, literally at the lowest possible number to constitute unhealthy um, activity, unhealthy air for doing activities. But you know what? They took action and parents weren't happy. Players weren't happy. They're like, are you kidding me? It's, it's fine. It's 151. I mean, come on, really? What if it was 150, we would be doing this. It's 151, really? But they didn't relent. They realized that even though people couldn't see it, it was in the air. And what these kids would be taking in would be unhealthy and it would have a negative impact on them. The atmosphere that these kids were in was unhealthy. It was in the air. Anybody see where I'm going with this? Yeah, if you've paid attention to Sound Insight in the last several years, I talk quite a bit about a toxic atmosphere, a culture, that's the atmosphere, a toxic atmosphere to faith, an atmosphere of faith that kids are breathing in, and it's unhealthy. In fact, if you get up to, I think it's 300, 200, 200 or 300, it becomes hazardous. And I think it tops out of 500, doesn't go any higher. Sadly, there are many Catholic schools where the atmosphere, the uh, AQI, uh, the, the air quality index, is hazardous to the health, the spiritual well-being, the Catholic faith flourishing of kids. It's hazardous to their Catholic faith. It is, just because you can tell statistically these kids leave the Catholic faith behind. The attitudes they take on have to do with pro-choice, pro-gay marriage, pro-transgender ideology, pro-abortion, all these different things that these kids are exposed to in the atmosphere is happening in the halls of Catholic schools. Through the clubs they have, through the clubs they permit, through the conversations that they, uh, that they allow through the faith that isn't taught and stood up and, and, and raised with strength and courage, through the lack of participation of faith of, of the families, so many families that are there, that faith-filled Catholic families are a radical minority. Active, faith-filled Catholic families are a minority in Catholic schools. And when that's the case, the atmosphere in the halls isn't going to be a full, flourishing Catholic faith. It's just not. And so we, this, isn't, this isn't a radical statement. It's just not. So if uh, a soccer field policy can be upheld that calls for the canceling of games 
when the number is at 151, just one number over what they would allow, but they're like, no, rock solid wall. We won't permit this. We won't promote this. We won't let this happen. It's shutting it down. Good for them. Good for them for the willingness to take a stand and say, we value the health of our kids. And even if it just barely gets over that and hits the minimum number for reaching that unhealthy status, that's sufficient for us to say, it's not worth it. It's not worth what it costs. It's not worth what it costs. We parents, we Catholic leaders could learn a lot from soccer field officials who make decisions about the health and well-being of the kids who are running on their fields. God bless them. So that's the first one. The second one was, anybody watched the Seahawks game last night? If you're in the state of Washington, a lot of folks were drawing attention to this game because they were playing against who? The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Why is that a big deal? Not really a big deal for many reasons, but for one reason for sure. Actually, I should say uh, a number three reason. <laughs> number three, Russell Wilson. They even refer to him as the Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, I thought that was interesting. The Hall of Fame quarterback on the Seattle Seahawks um, was traded to the Denver Broncos uh, and, uh, and was now the quarterback for the Broncos. And my, uh, I didn't see it, but my kids told me about it that when he was announced and came on the field to begin the game, uh, a number of folks in the, in the crowd booed. They booed Russell Wilson. Are you kidding me? you got to be kidding me. Seattle fans, what are you, crazy? I mean, what kind of fans are you booing Russell Wilson? How much has he done for the Seattle Seahawks? How much has this guy done? What kind of example has he been? What kind of con uh, contributor to the community has he been? Raising the, the spirit, raising the, um, the atmosphere of being, uh, you know, go Hawks. Uh, what, and then what he did in the community, the, his spirit of con contribution of giving back, of being present, of, uh, he, uh, you know, he, it became sort of legendary, his connection with Seattle Children's Hospital and how he would quietly go and make regular visits there and other ways that he's impacted this community. And not only that, but hey, how about a couple of uh, Super Bowl uh, 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 visits? I mean, come on, really? And to boo him? <laughs> wow. Well, and, and the reason why this takes on a special meaning for me, is you're in the Seattle area, you know about the 12th man, right? The 12th man is what? The legendary crowd, uh, the fans at Seahawks games, that the stadium is particularly loud. I mean, crazy loud. I've only been to one Seahawks game, and I was literally in the upper corner of that game, and it was so loud hurt my ears. It was that loud. And, um, uh, and so, and yet what's the idea? Well, the idea is that the fans impact the game. And the idea is that the fans are the 12th player. They're the 11 on the field. And then these are the 12th man, the, the 12th fan, 
the twelfth uh, the twelfth factor that is being brought to bear um, on offense, but especially on defense, because they get so loud that they make it practically impossible for the offense of the visiting team to call their plays. That's how loud they are. And, and you know, it, it raises a really important point that the fans are part of the game. The fans aren't just watching. The fans are impacting what's happening on the field. And when you have a spirit that's saying boo, it can be, uh, it can be, um, what's the word? It starts getting imitated. It starts getting, it starts to spread. And then other people start booing like, oh yeah, that's what we should be doing right now. It's terrible. Well, I, I, for me, I take this and I, I apply it to our life of faith. Look, folks, brothers and sisters in, in faith, we laity too often think of ourselves as mere spectators. We're just in the stands. The people that are on the field, the people that are in the game are the, the priests, the bishops, the uh, professionals, those that have positions uh, in, uh, in professional life or the religious sisters, right? So they're the ones that are really uh, making a difference. No, brothers and sisters, you're the 12th fan. You're the 12th man. You're, you have a part to play. And you can be part of uh, supporting and advancing the work of God, the work of the church in our time. Supporting and, 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 and praying for our bishops, our priests, our, our Catholic school principals, our Catholic school teachers. Get, be a voice. Get in there. Cheer them on. Encourage them. Support them when they stand and support the fullness of the church's teaching. Encourage them. Just say, look, we want the fullness of the church's teaching. We need you to lead and provide and protect our kids. That's why we have our kids at your schools. Uh, we, we need you to be praying for our bishops and our priests because they have a really, really difficult job today to stand up, speak out, and push back against a culture that is toxic. The air quality in the Puget Sound when it comes to the Catholic faith is horrific. And so we need incredibly courageous and strong priests and bishops and religious leaders to say, we are Catholics who happen to live in Seattle. We're not Catholics. I'm sorry, we're not Seattle. Seattle. We're not, we're not Seattleites who happen to be Catholic. We're Catholics who happen to live in Seattle or the Puget Sound or the state of Washington. We've got to find our identity in Christ. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for the Sacred Heart Radio Sherathon.